many years ago, uh, when I was working after college, I was working in Chicago and lived down there in Lincoln Park. Um, I was also uh, going through a period in my life where I, I, I felt that the Lord was calling me to do something else. Uh, I, I mean, to, to be a priest, and, and I didn't want to do that. And I had a million reasons why that was not a good thing and that it wasn't convenient and just didn't fit into my plans, what have you. And, and slowly but surely, I was working through uh, my excuses, trying to get close to being able to make that decision with a free and joyful heart. And, but I had a couple things going on that were huge obstacles to saying yes to what the Lord was asking me to do. I had uh, a beautiful apartment in Lincoln Park. Uh, it was a free flat, brownstone. My landlords, Ben and Mary Hart, lived upstairs with their kids, and I lived on the second floor with uh, a couple of my college buddies. And it was, it, was, it was a beautiful place. It was an awesome neighborhood. It was just a wonderful time. I still remember the, uh, the address, um, 2022 North Bissell. 2022 North Bissell, best place ever. And I th I'm thinking to myself, I cannot possibly uh, go uh, to the seminary or can't be a priest uh, because I can't leave this place. I cannot leave 2022 North Bissell. And uh, so that was a huge obstacle. The other one uh, was, at that time I was in dialogue with my spiritual director, uh, God rest his soul, he's, he's been dead for a few years now, Monsignor Bob Hoffman. And he, I knew him, I've known him my whole life, and he was friendly, and my dad went to high school together, college. And I would talk to him, and, and he said, well, Dan, you've got to get rid of these obstacles. And one of the obstacles was, you know, with the job that I had, and, um, and so I had been able to quit that job, and. And I decided that even though I didn't have a job, I could, I could still live in Chicago at 2022 North Bissell. And because and, I had to do that. Uh, and because I wasn't working, I got to indulge my other uh, favorite thing, which was uh, Wrigley Field. And, and, and so if I'm not working, I might as well go to the ball game. So that summer, summer of 88, uh, that was the, the season they had their first night game, and I was there. But I had been to every other game, too. I, that summer, I went to every single home game. I would, I would take the L, or I'd ride my bike, or drive up, and, and I would go and I'd scalp a ticket and sit in the bleachers. You know what a bleacher seat cost back then? Four bucks. It was awesome. And I'd sit there in the bleachers and contemplate my future. I'd read the Tribune and drink a beer and watch the Cubs lose. It was awesome. Because <laughs> they were terrible back then. And, but, and I'm thinking to myself, I can't go to the seminary because I, I can't get rid of this apartment. And I, I can't go to the seminary because if I go to the seminary, I won't be able to go to all these, all these Cub games. This is what I was thinking. Just, who thinks this way? But for me, it was huge. It was a, it was a heaviness. It was a burden. I couldn't... It's like, man, this is, I'm exhausted thinking about this stuff. And so, Monsignor Hoffman said, why don't you go on a retreat? And Mundelein Seminary was having a retreat for guys thinking about being priests, so I went. And I remember sitting there in the chapel on a Saturday night praying, and I said, Lord, 
I'm done. I'm tired. Just take this away. I, I, I'll do whatever you say, provided I can keep my apartment and go to the Cub games. I'll do whatever you say. I actually prayed that. And, but I, I was serious. I was like, I'm, I'm done. And so I went to bed that night. And I'll tell you folks, this is a miracle. I got up the next morning. No, no lie. I got up. And I felt like a completely new person. I mean, as soon as I woke up, I felt it. It was gone. That heaviness, that weariness, that burden. It was, it was gone. And, and I couldn't wait to get back to my apartment and tell Ben and Mary Hart, my, my landlords had lived upstairs, that I, I needed to break the lease and get out of there. That I was going, I was, I was going on to other things. And, and, I, and the funny thing is, I just re-signed my lease. And, and, I, and, and I said, Ben, I, I gotta get out. And he goes, there's no way, you just signed your lease. I said, I'm going to the seminary, and they were Catholics. And I said, Ben, I'm going, I'm going to the seminary, I think. And he goes, out of, out of all the reasons, <laughs> that you could give me. This, that was, that's the only one I could possibly think of that you could, that'll let you out. So he did. I was free. And, you know, as far as the Cubs go, uh, I still got to go to a few games. I still get to go to a few games. Uh, and they, they weren't that good. <laughs> what was the deal? So it was all gone. It was over. And I was able to just enter in and, and just go for it. Unbelievable how that happened. I, I still marvel at how great God is and what he can do if we just give him permission. That's what this is about today, brothers and sisters. You've got to give him permission. He's not going to come barging down the door. He's like, Elijah to Elisha, what have I done to you? This is your call. I just, I'm opening the door, I'm inviting, but you've you got to say yes. And if you don't, that's yours. I haven't done anything to you. I just love you. I invite you. You know, look at this gospel. Briefly. You've got every excuse in the book going on right here of why we don't want to say yes. James and John, what are they up to? They're, they're, they're ticked off because their feelings have been hurt. The Samaritans... We're not nice to them. And so they're angry. And they want, not just angry, they're violently angry. Lord, blow this village to pieces. Just give, give the word. And we'll call down the fire and blast this place. That's, that's great discipleship language, you know? So, but this is how we get. Do you know that one of the biggest obstacles to, to discernment of the Holy Spirit in your life and the path that the Lord has for you is a failure to forgive the people in your life who have wronged you. Lack of charity, lack of forgiveness is one of the biggest obstacles to the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's why it starts with that. You, you, you two boys, James and John, you brothers, sons of thunder, you've got a long way to go. If you want to be my disciple, you got to get over your feelings. It's not about you anyways. Your feelings are hurt. Well, grow up. You know, the, one of the things Monsignor Hoffman told me when I was visit with him, he'd say, Dan, it's not, you're, you're idolizing your feelings. It's not about how you feel. Do not 
follow your feelings, he said. Do not follow your feelings. Your feelings have to follow you. Your feelings have to follow you. You, as a redeemed and loved child of God who is obedient to the movement of the Holy Spirit in your life, then your feelings can follow you because you have the discipline of living life in the Spirit full throttle without any, any regrets, no exceptions. I give everything and, I'm not even, and I am joyful about it. Don't follow your feelings. Your feelings follow you. You, as a redeemed child of God, living in obedience to the Holy Spirit, then you're ready. So he's got this, this other uh, guy who's all enthusiastic. This is, this is somebody who is all of a sudden woken up and said, I just love God. And he goes and, Lord, I'll do anything you say. Oh, really? Jesus says, basically. What happens when the, you get criticized? What happens when somebody blows you off? What happens when somebody in your family tells you to knock it off and get, rid of, get over this Jesus stuff? It's crazy. Who do you think you are telling me how to live my life? What are you going to do? And he knows. He knows this guy. He's seen this guy in a million places. This is the guy in the first hint of trouble, the first pushback from a family member, the first threat to his, his economic security, is going to be the, he's going to be the one that takes off and leaves. Being a Christian is hard. If you're a Christian, living the life, full bore, full throttle, pedal to the metal, you're doing everything you're supposed to do, that redeemed child of God in obedience to the Holy Spirit, if you're living that life, you're going to be criticized, you're going to be hated, you're going to be rejected. Why? Because people don't like people in their life that make them feel as though they can do a better job. Do you know people like this? Give them in your life. And all of a sudden you say, oh, they're close to Jesus. And you've got this whole thing going on in your life that isn't, that isn't conformity to the gospel. It may be sinful. It maybe needs to change. It makes you uncomfortable. Jesus knows this guy. He's going he's to be the first one to take off. Another one says, Jesus says to him, follow me. He says, let me go home and bury my father. That seems reasonable. But Jesus knows this guy too. The guy's father's not dead yet. Let me go home, and when, when, it, when my parents are gone, and I got my bank account the way I want it, and, and everything's okay with the kids, and, you know, I've got the tuition bill paid off, and, and, you know, my job is secure. When everything's just the way I want it, I'm right with you. I'll, in other words, I'll get back to you later. Because that time's never going to come. There's always something in our life that is going to be an excuse for us not to, not to be a good disciple, not to follow Jesus the way he wants us to follow him in the life of the Spirit. And then finally, Lord, I'll, I'll do it, but let me go home and get my family's blessing. In other words, when everybody in my life approves of what I'm doing with you, then I'll be there with you. Is that ever going to happen? If you're living, picture yourself on fire with the Spirit, living the gospel, putting everything at the feet of Jesus and saying, Lord, everything in my life is yours. I subordinate all my desires, all my feelings to your love for me and my discipleship that you call me to through that love. If we do that, can you think of one person in your life? Just pick out one. There's got to be somebody. Is there going to be somebody in your family that's going to be uncomfortable with that, that's not going to like that, that's going to put pressure on you not to live your life that way? There's always somebody. 
So in other words, what the Lord has got here today is a whole lot of nothing. He's working with people who are making excuses why they can't be with him, follow him, love him, serve him, be disciples. Do we have anything in our life that's an obstacle to the the life of grace? Do we have anything in our life that's keeping us from living the gospel as a disciple? Completely free, as Paul says. You're not a slave to the law. You You are free in Christ Jesus. You're still doing what the law says, but you're doing it not because you're told to, not because somebody's forcing you. You're doing it because you're on fire and you love him. You're doing it because it's like breathing. You can't help yourself. You're so in love with him. Is there anything in our life, brothers and sisters, this is the question, that is keeping us from following Christ? Is there anything in our life that we have not subordinated to his love and to, and to his service, to his call. We've all got something. And all he's asking for you is to trust him. Trust Jesus. His plan is better than ours. He's never going to steer you wrong. He's never going to disappoint you. But you've got to say yes. So it is then, brothers and sisters, that a couple weeks ago, I went to a cup game. I went early, went by myself, parked my car, and then guess where I went? Guess where I went? 2022 North Bissell. I walked two miles from Ruby Field to Armitage and Bissell, and there, four doors down, on the west side of the street was that blue door of the most beautiful apartment in the history of the world. (laughs) And I stood there from the street and I looked at it. Not one regret. Not one regret. And I gave up a lot. But you know what, brothers and sisters, and this is the thing, when you give Jesus something, You lose nothing because he is everything and he gives you himself. His plan is always going to be better than the plan you got for yourself. Amen? Amen.